0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello everybody. Welcome in. It's Friday, and that means it's Front Office Friday! Let's go front office Friday and the preseason is here. Basketball is back. We've got so much to talk about on today's show. Welcome, man. I'm Trevor Lane. Joined as always by Keith Smith. Make sure you are subscribing here to the front office YouTube channel. If you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to like this video as well. Keith, exciting time. Exciting time. I guess let, let's kick things off with... Hurricane Harden. I'm not even going to play the drop. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the storm (laughs) brewing here. Suddenly news that the Clippers are making a renewed effort to trade for James Harden. Uh, Now that Harden is reported to camp with the 76ers, do you think this thing really gets done before the season starts? We've got a few weeks here.
2: I think there's a chance. I think if the Clippers – give up on this whole, we can't possibly trade Terrence Mann. He's the most valuable trade piece in the history of the planet earth and NBA. I, I then Yeah, probably. I, I, I don't really fully get that one uh, from the Clippers. I like Terrence Mann. He's a good player. Mm -hmm. If you want James Harden, he shouldn't be holding up a James Harden trade. I I just, I don't get that. I get it. He can do everything. um, As far as playing a role that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can, not their production level of course but play their positions so you want to have coverage there but i mean we're talking james harden james harden if those guys miss games you throw him the ball let him run your offense and keep you afloat for you know week two weeks whatever it is amount of time those guys miss so i i think there's a chance this gets done i think harden showing up and being you know on his best behavior by all accounts through these Mm -hmm. first couple days that he's been there sounds like you will see now The next big test is going to be Sunday. They play a preseason game. We'll see if he even plays in that game. And if he plays, what does that look like? If that gets sideways, then all of a sudden we could have some more issues.
1: Yeah, we have seen James Harden and and podcast listeners. I'm doing air quotes here. We've seen James Harden play, right? Where physically he is on the court but he is not really playing basketball. He's not doing James Harden things out there. We certainly saw that with the Houston Rockets. So the Clippers, the most recent rumored offer was an unprotected first round pick, which I'm not sure which pick that would be a pick swap and then matching salaries. So when they just put in matching salaries, that tells you it's not a player that anybody would be interested in with any kind of value. Um, yeah. We're not talking, we're talking Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, right. guys yeah. of that,
2: that ilk. Yep.
1: Right. Which if you're the 76ers and you're saying, we don't want to do anything that diminishes our championship odds. Well, that would be this, right? I mean, if you're just getting Marcus Morris and Robert Covington or something, Hey, a pick is nice, but that's, that's going to diminish your, your ability to potentially contend for a championship and contend in the Easter conference. So Is that really what it's just going to come down to is do the Clippers budge on Terrence Mann or could they loop in a third team and get the value that Philly needs?
2: Things, it, it, it's tough because there's been a lot of stuff Like Zach Lowe had some stuff About mm-hmm. this in an article he wrote There was some stuff on um, uh, That uh, I believe was Sam Amick And Sham Sharani at The Athletic Put together uh, One of the things was, that was in there was the Clippers Maybe looking at uh, ways To acquire more uh, Draft capital to be able to trade Mm -hmm. Like offering a swap of their picks For an actual pick and those Kind of things that's kind of the way the Suns Have gotten creative uh, here over the the Last little bit as they were basically out of Picks but the Clippers I think we have this Sense of because they made all those Trades that they owe all of these Draft picks still they're Pretty clear here in a couple years They they owe a pick still this year Uh, Uh It'll either go to Oklahoma City Or to Indiana Uh, Did kind of there, there's a bunch OKC gets a bunch of picks in Indiana gets the worst one um out of these picks so we'll see where that goes then they um could be swapped to to with the thunder um in 2025 and then they owe a pick outright to the thunder in 2026 but then the next four years 2027 through 2030 they're clean so they can they can move all that those picks the whole frozen pick stuff that hasn't started yet that doesn't start Mm until uh next year at the earliest so so they're fairly free and clear to trade picks if they want to. My guess is there's probably a sense of man, we make a James Harden trade and then we resign Kawhi and PG. We might need to keep a couple of these draft picks just to be able to fill out and build out our roster the rest of the way. So so we'll kind of see where all that comes together.
1: Looking at this the earliest pick they could trade unencumbered is the 2028 first. Which you know if you're if you're Philly or if you're or maybe this pick gets rerouted to a third team or whatever I think you kind of want to push the pick back as yeah. far as, because Kawhi, George, James Harden, they're all getting up there in years. Russell Westbrook, they're all getting up there in years. I mean, 2028, 20, they're probably long gone at that point. And so what does that, that look like, especially if you can get that pick unprotected? But again, if Philly's goal is to not take a step back at all, you I mean, Terrence Mann or somebody of that caliber at least has to be in the deal. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. James Harden did report to camp, um, but again, we've he. I don't think he's done anything to make the situation <laughs> more awkward just yet, but yep. we also know the clock is kind of ticking, and a James Harden that isn't bought in and doesn't want to be there is not the same as even, say, a Damian Lillard who maybe doesn't want to be there. I feel a lot more comfortable that Dame is going to go all out no matter what. Obviously, he's been traded now, but... That I would with James Harden. I think that is a bit of a ticking time bomb for Philly.
2: Yeah, I agree with, with that. And because of the new trade rules, and I think this has taken everybody a little bit of time to catch up to, that. this happened with the uh, Damian Lillard trade and then the subsequent Drew Holiday trade. These teams that are way up and over that second apron, the, the so-called super tax teams, they are – they're limited to one hundred and ten percent in trade matching mm-hmm. this year. Next year it'll be even. You got to be right there, um, at the line. So James Harden makes thirty five point six million. So that means you got to get to, you know, what is that thirty two ish million or so, mm-hmm. um, to to get there to be able to to even match it in a trade thirty two and change, I guess it would be. So to get there, that means you got to come up with thirty two million. Well, all right. So if you're the Clippers, now what you start to do is. All right, how do we get there? You know, what are our um, options here? Um, Morris and
1: start. Covington gets you to twenty-eight and change almost twenty-nine.
2: Correct. And then man gets you the rest of the way, right? Yeah. So that would there you are, right? So that that is to me, that is a deal that and I would imagine there'd probably be a pick in there too. Mm-hmm. That if I'm the, the 76ers, that's enough. Like I, I got I don't really care about Morris and Covington. That's just matching salary and Yo, know, well, whatever happens with those guys happens sure. as we go the rest of the way. But man is a pretty good player on a very fair contract. Taking his 11.4 million on your books next year shouldn't mess up whatever grand cap space plans they have. You should be able to work around that very, very easily. You get a draft pick, like to your point, much like Portland clearly wanted further out there picks with the Bucs. Mm-hmm. That's all the Bucks could offer, but also with the Celtics of. Uh, Hey, we want to pick after this could all crumble. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you get into a spot where let's go. So I think you know Morris Covington, man, and a pick. That's enough from the Philly side. If I am the um, the the uh, Clippers, I I'm probably doing it. I, I again, it's really only I don't, we don't know if Morris and Covington are even going to be rotation guys for them. Yeah, so right. I think it's really you know let's go with. Uh, yeah, you know, let's let's run with um, Harden in this group, and let's figure it out. yo know, with, with the depth around those, the, the what's pretty should be a pretty good starting group.
1: You know, just looking at the math on this, trying to figure out what the Clippers offer is right now without Man in the deal, trying to make the money work. Like we know they like Amir Coffee. I sure. mean, Kobe Brown, like so. And some of these guys, it would take a few of them to stack up enough salary to to get there to where they if you're just if we're talking about adding to Covington and and Morris. So I kind of wonder if the offer is Morris, Batum, and Covington, and then the 76ers are taking on a little bit of salary in order to make it work. And there could be, you know, maybe a contract here or there on, on either side to kind of make it all sure, make it all go. But oh if I you wonder, kept
2: man out of it.
1: Yeah, if they if the Clippers are trying to keep yeah. man out of it, I wonder if that's the standing offer. Morris, Batum, Covington that first round pick um and that's and it would, how if and that's i'm how philly then it. i
2: need two picks right, I, right? And I need two actual picks not a not a pick in a swap like i need two actual picks um if i'm doing that just because like that none of those players have any value for me right. the other thing that's hard for philly is philly's already sitting plus in terms of guaranteed contracts or at least they're not going to cut Danny Green and uh, Philip Petrasev very likely. So they're sitting plus one. It's probably mm-hmm. going to be Montres Harrell that gets cut. But if you do a three for one or a four for one trade for Harden, now all of a sudden, now we're sitting plus two. Right. Yeah. So I would be trying to say, like, hey, uh, you know, you guys got to, you know, well, we got to work something else in this um, where, you know, maybe you take back Jaden Springer or something like that. Just so it's a guy they don't have to cut. Mm -hmm. Um, later just so they don't have to eat a little bit more money because as it stands right now, they are about 11 million over the tax. They're about 4.4 million over the apron. You start taking on more money. That's just going to be dead money. Now you're playing to a little closer to that second apron than I think you really want to be.
1: Right. Right. Well, we'll see ultimately whether or not this gets done before the season starts up or not, or uh, part of me wonders too, how much like, it doesn't help the Clippers for this information to be out there. Mm-hmm. How much of this is maybe Philly saying, like, hey, the Clippers aren't out. They may actually do it. Anybody Anybody want to jump in here? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Crickets? No? Oh, anyone?
2: Okay. Anyone? Bueller? 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was at 37 Flavors, but I, I don't know if he saw him last <laughs> my, night.
1: My cousin's sister's boyfriend something. Yeah, that's it. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: yep. Um, David, by the way, for kids, we're referencing an old movie called <laughs> Ferris yes. Bueller's Day Off
2: classic um, though go watch classic it movie. Like, classic skip work movie. the rest of the afternoon school whatever you going to do go watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off it'll he, be better than whatever you were gonna do probably the rest of the day anyway
1: he must have like Quicksilver super speed or something because it is physically impossible to do all the things that he did in one day especially in downtown Chicago trying to make your way through traffic there's no way he could have accomplished all that
2: and there's no way day. he went to that whole Cubs game like, they no, definitely no, left no, no, it no. early Yeah. He went for like
1: an inning just to be seen there. And that was, and that was it just to get on TV.
2: Exactly.
1: Uh, Davion Nelson said, who are your playoff and play in teams in the East? And Keith, do you think the Celtics will go big and start both Porzingis and Horford?
2: Uh, Answer the second part. First, I, I think there's a chance they do. I think what you're going to see is them kind of be a little bit matchup dependent in Mm -hmm. the starting group. I think um, it's, in log- all logical sense, it makes it is to bring Al Horford off the bench. It solves a little bit of your depth issues with the big position, um, but it's Al Horford. I wrote about this on Spot Track whenever rotation questions. He's only come off the bench for like ten games his entire career, and mm-hmm. most of those were his rookie year with the Atlanta Hawks. So I don't know if you're going to really want to bring him off the bench or not. Um, there's you know. There's something to the whole when a guy started his entire career, Yo, dude, know, do you do, do that? But I think what you may see is he's going to miss a ton of games because he's not going to play back to backs. Anytime he feels anything, he's not going to play. And that may be, they start that way. And that may be one of those five minutes in Horford comes out. Now it won't be the Keith Bogans where he comes mm-hmm. out and then never comes back in. Like yeah. he'll come back in, but I think it'll be an early sub. They go to Derek White and then Horford comes back. So he's kind of – remember back when the jazz had Rudy Gobert and Derek favors and they were kind of yeah. favors was the starting four, but also the backup five in favors always came out relatively early five minutes in or so. And then they would, they, they would bring him back in when it was time for Gobert to rest towards the end of the first quarter. I think that's what you could see here uh, with Horford um, and poor Zingis, but it's going to be a little malleable with it's either going to be him or white because holiday in. Towards Ingers or locks to start around Tatum or Brown, of course.
1: It's a it's a way to I don't want to say massage egos, but not give sure. anyone the the embarrassment of not being a starter you know, anymore, while still having a big man rotation and still having a guy be a backup big for you, but he still gets to start, and then he just comes out early and and you go that route exactly. Um, as far as it, the, and the,
2: it does, there are guys who I know we we poked fun at it with the whole Russell Westbrook stuff, but there are guys, especially older guys who are like, it sucks to get warm, then sit for 20, 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and then have to come into a game. And especially if you've never done it before, it's not, that's not an easy thing. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll see you where it goes. I expect, um, you know, if they say Derek white needs to go to the bench, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. Um, He came off the bench some last year, came off the bench after being acquired. So yeah, as far as who
1: doesn't make it in these, and that's really the way I look at this. Um, sure. Instead of just running through the whole East standings, who doesn't make it? I think the table winds up pretty similar to how it did this past season. Okay. With the exception I, of, I think Indiana is in and Chicago's out.
2: Okay. I've that's, got that's Indiana and got. Orlando in the play-in. Okay. And then I've got Chicago and Toronto both out.
1: Okay. That's fair. So we're pretty yep. close there, because yeah. Toronto was the, the was the tenth team, was was the tenth seed. I had them just barely making it in, but I think I can make an argument for Orlando as well, just with the their organic growth that they should experience with such a young team. I can see that mm-hmm. as well.
2: And we'll do a whole. Probably a couple shows where we go through in depth our pre- pre- predicted East and West standings, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably do our playoffs. Maybe in a third show or something like that. It all just kind of kind of depends on you know timing and what else is going on on um, there. I think Brooklyn. Uh, somebody just asked, um, "What about Brooklyn?" I think Brooklyn's a play-in team uh, mm-hmm. this year. I, I mean, it's hard to see them cracking that top six. Um, I, my, I'll just, I'll throw it out there right now. Cause I don't think I'm going to change my mind. My top six is, is Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, New York, Philly, and Miami. Um, okay. I, you know, maybe one of those teams falls apart, you know, injuries happen and they, you know, completely go Miami. We've seen they, they don't really care about the regular season. Then somebody else steps up, but yeah, I, I think Brooklyn will be a, uh, will be in the play in tournament.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree on that. I I'm not, I won't disagree there. Um other big story that came out uh, came out yesterday. Joel Embiid made his decision. Decides to go with team USA. It was decided between USA. U- USA, USA, France and Cameroon, that's right right cue the the rocky music he's running up the steps in philadelphia and uh oh,
2: that's how yeah. he should have announced it right that's what he should have that. done yeah. like the
1: the american flag like superimposed in the yeah. background as he's raising his arms at the top of the steps and, and then he like punches kind
2: of out a french guy or
1: something and <laughs> oh, oh him no out or something oh like no like we're yeah. starting an international incident here <laughs>
2: hey i'm ready man hey you know I try to be semi-balanced. I'm not at all balanced when it comes to rooting my country on. I'm as ugly and ugly American as it gets. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I want Team USA to put together the greatest roster we've seen since the original Dream Team and mm-hmm. go over there and drill everybody by fifty. Like that, I, would be, you know, that, that would be that would be phenomenal.
1: Like. I saw in the he put it out there on X after kind of the news came out because this is the world that we're in. He puts it out there on X. Because of course it leaks out early. Um, He he puts it out there, and there were French people, there were people from Cameroon in his comments who were not. There were people from Cameroon telling him don't come back. Like all kinds, like he he caught some heat for this decision. But he said the reason is he wants his son, who is an American, who was born in the United States, to see him representing his country, and that was his um, that was his rationale for it. And of course, I'm I'm not going to disagree with him. Uh, Team USA shaping up to pretty much have everybody. I mean, Anthony Davis has talked about it. LeBron has talked about it. Jason Tatum has talked about it. Steph Curry. I mean, all these guys sound like they're doing it and, that, and that's just to be, there's more. So this could very well wind up being the redeem redeem team. I, I don't know <laughs> what we're going to wind up calling this, but uh, this is shaping up to be a very, very star studded team.
2: Yeah. And, and it is important to know we're what, like nine, 10 months or whatever away from this Being a thing and I think Somebody who is Like I'm 100% in I want to be On Team USA is unfortunately Going to get to the end of June And they're just going to be hurt Or not able to go and there's going to be something Like that that happens you know but The nice thing is rather than picking from a much smaller pool of guys because of the interest level, when you're picking from an interest level of, I I mean, I was loosely trying to track it. And I think I got to about 15 to 20 guys now that have said, I want to play like, and they're all, I mean, these are the guys, right? These are the all-star all NBA level guys who are eligible to play for the United States. And that was even before the Embiid edition. Now all of a sudden you're in a spot where it's like, all right, you're going to be picking from the cream of the crop. And that's, you know, what, what a great place to be in, you know, going into the Olympics. I Selfishly, I wish they put the same priority on the World Cup too. And I think if they made the World Cup a two-year window away from the Olympics, I think you would see more guys. I just think a lot of guys are like, I don't want to give up two summers in a row. Yep. You know, it's, it's just a lot of guys don't want to do that. So, yeah, I, I'm very, very interested to, uh, you know, kind of go.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the absolutely. remind
2: team. Yeah, I kind of like that.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that. that. In the chat. I yeah. like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, Jeremy says, "What are some of the under the radar teams in the East and West? You guys have your eye on for me? I love the makeup of the Pacers' young roster, and I think OKC finally takes a big leap. Those are honestly, Jeremy. Those are the first two that came to mind for me. Was OKC and the Pacers? Are also, say I think Minnesota is getting overlooked." Uh, in the Western Conference. And I agree with Keith, Keith's earlier pick on Orlando that they could be a team that finally takes a big step forward. Is there anybody else? Like, what about Detroit? If they get Cade Cunningham back and he's at the height of his powers, or at least from what we've seen so far?
2: I think it's a year early on the Pistons. I, you know, I, I got to believe it before I'll see it. They're in Detroit, you know, or see it before I believe it, I guess, is the other uh-huh. way. Believe it before I see it like that's That would be exactly what this is. I'm buying in before I see it. I need to see it before I believe it in Detroit. I I think, weirdly, they were the three seed last year in the West, but no one's talking about the Kings. Like nobody mm. is mentioning the Kings. I think they're going to be really good. Again, right? I think they're they're going to be a really good team. It's just a very smartly constructed roster in Sacramento. That's you know, uh, it's got room to grow too, right? You got a guy like Keegan Murray, who I think is going to be excellent. It is really going to be somebody people are going to go, holy cow, this guy is good, because that's where he was headed uh, towards the end of last year. So I think they're going to be really good. So that doesn't exactly fit, but just no one is talking about them. But, yeah, I mean, I think when you get into – the next couple of weeks right everybody's going to be running these are the sleeper teams you're going to see on the i always Uh call it the jump what is it the talking head shows um yeah they're going to be yelling about you know watch out for okc like they're the only person who said it when yeah we're all kind of on that one um so yeah i think i think that's it i think teams that could be better but still aren't good i think that houston should be a better team i think charlotte has the potential to be a much better team. Um, I think we've kind of forgotten that team was in the playing tournament a couple years ago, and then last year it all fell apart. No, Miles Bridges, uh, for very good reasons, he is back now. Whether you like it or not, he is going to be back. So discussing him as a basketball player is fair. And then you get uh, um, LaMelo Ball back after he missed a large chunk Mm -hmm. of last season too. So you get those two guys back. I think they're going to be a much better team than at least what they were a year ago.
1: I, I like Samuel's comment here, the Utah Jazz. Yeah. With our guy John Collins uh, in the mix now. Now, again, you worry, wonder about the guard play with them, but if Keontae George can yeah. do, give them something there, and of course Jordan Clarkson can still get it done if he gets on a hot shooting streak. There was a point when the Jazz were the one seed in the Western Conference last year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not projecting they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they're a team that people are just dismissing them, like, oh, they're not going to make it. Yeah, it's not impossible for them to make it. Like, it's not impossible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't assume that they're going to. I wouldn't predict it, but they're not this hapless doormat of a team. That's not what this team is. Um, the other team that I think is getting, I mean, we can name a lot of teams, but the other team, it's the Pelicans, the proverbial if, if they could stay healthy. And, and we saw this recently. David Griffin just said over at Media Day that, I mean maybe a little bit of a slighted Zion but I'm paraphrasing said that this is the first off season that Zion has taken seriously mm-hmm. um, if that's accurate if Zion if Zion can even play 50 games the Pelicans are easily a playoff team
2: yeah agreed just for what it's worth I was toying around and starting to play with my own records and standings and all that stuff right now very preliminarily I have 10 teams in the west between 38 and 48 wins so just, I mean, that's how I'm gonna age like
1: five this. years this year, Kate. That's what you're saying. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Any a team in the West has a three-game losing streak, it's gonna oh, yeah. they're gonna change places. Armageddon. You know, they're six spots in the standings, right? Like it's just gonna be a mess. And that's where you know Utah. I think you're 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 right to be optimistic. I'm assuming you know Samuel is maybe a Jazz fan. If he isn't, you know, find that he's calling out Utah still. I just think it's, all right, who are they knocking out to climb there, right? Because, yes, the you, you know, the problem is, like, literally you look at the West and you're like, okay, they're a playoff team, they're a playoff team, they're a playoff team. Next thing you know, you're at, like, 10 teams. It's like, well, it can't all be playoff teams. You mm-hmm. know, where, where are we going uh, with this? So, yeah, I, I think the Jazz are going to be really good. I think they're a team that's poised to, like, jump if, you know, Somebody that we all think is going to be good. And, again, every year there's a team, the wheels just come off and they, they stink for whatever reason. The Jazz are one of those teams that's poised to, all right, hey, we're here and we're ready to go because I, I do like a lot of it. Yeah, I'm a little worried about the guard play like you. Mm-hmm. I, I'd feel a little bit more confident if they had one more kind of really just like, all right, I fully can trust and buy into that guy yeah. as someone who can create his own shot with efficiency, create for others, But but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got Taylor Horton Tucker. They've got, they, they've got some guys, but are they going to be efficient enough? That's going to be mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. Again, I think John Collins yeah. is very good. Walker Kessler, another year in the NBA, he's going to be improved just because of that organic growth. I think they're a team yeah. to certainly keep. I think
2: Laurie Markkinen's for real. Like uh, I don't think yes. there's anything there that fell off. Like, oh, this is a one year. Th- it's not like he shot 50% from three and, Yo, all right, that's not gonna, you know, come back. Like everything looks good, so yeah. Um, uh, Fre- says says uh, in the chat, talent across the league is ridiculous. Uh, talent alone will no longer win games. He's mm-hmm. absolutely right. And this is also why the league is very well poised and set up for expansion. You've got is, teams where, yeah, you've got, you know, no, the expansion teams are not going to be good year one or two, but you got all these guys just kind of coming in, and it's like, you know, just kind of a mess.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, expansion is certainly part of it. It's also it's certainly something, a takeaway from what we're seeing around the NBA with so many good teams. It also means that, as, as you and I talked about on our most recent show, we have to reframe what our expectations are. Because mm-hmm. if you're expecting your team, and again, I'm dealing with this with Lakers here, it's if you're expecting a 65-win season, it's probably not going to happen for anyone this year. There's probably not a 65-win team in no. the league, certainly not in the West. Yeah. It's not happening. And that's just because there is so much parity. You know, you look, I've got, for example, the Lakers in their first 10 games, they get Orlando twice, they get Houston, and they get Portland. And people are just chalking those up. as like, okay, well, those are four wins.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed
1: Like they should lose teams, at least one, but they probably drop one of one them, of those. right? Because yeah. those teams, you know, like Orlando is gonna have a hot shooting, especially. And part of this too is the increased volume of threes. It increases the variance within a particular game. If you have a team that happens to shoot fifty percent from three one game, if they're just hot from deep, and you shoot thirty percent, that's ball yep. game. That's ball game, yep. right? That's the, in today's NBA. Game over. So that's all it really takes for a team to sneak up on you on any given night. And that's what we're going to see happen on a random night. You're going to drop a game to a team that you wouldn't expect to lose to because that's today's NBA.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And like hey, I, I think I might have glitched for a second there, but like you were saying, and now that four the Lakers will lose one of those four games. It's just it's just kind of how it works because you don't you don't just beat everybody that it looks like you're gonna, you know supposed to be in Mm. some of the teams that were bad there will be teams that will be bad don't get me wrong there will be teams that will be bad but that tends to be much more a late february through you know the beginning part of april when the season wraps up thing where it's like all right these guys stink i think the in the early season teams are still playing hard they're playing for different stuff uh franchises collectively haven't transitioned to, yeah, you know what, star player X, let's sit them out a little bit here. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things. Like you're not, you don't see that in the first month or two of the season as much. So I think you're going to see, you know, some results where people are like, what happened here? Just because it's, it's also hard for the top teams to come fully locked in and dialed in. Um, right out of the gate for every single game. There's times when it's going to be, you know, all right, we, we took our foot off the gas, and so we kind of go. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I they, they think it'll be fine.
1: Uh, Eric Olson throwing in this question. How good will Portland be?
2: Like, they're going to be awful.
1: The, yeah, and the answer is yeah. not very. Yep. They're, they're going to win some games. I mean, this isn't, sure. you know, Anthony Simons is a, is a good player. I'm excited to see what Scoot can do. Yep. Jeremy Grant is legit. I don't know if he finishes the season uh, on the team. But DeAndre Ayton, did you see Aiden in his presser calling himself domination? Yeah, that's again? stupid. Like, can we get like you're not yeah. allowed to call yourself that until you actually show? <laughs> well, that. he said his
2: mom called him that. So, okay. yeah, I yeah, So I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really old here. Back when the Fab Five was a thing at Michigan, uh-huh. they played against. I want to say it was maybe Coastal Carolina or somebody. And Coastal Carolina had a player named Tony Duncan. Uh, and his nickname was Tony slam Duncan and they asked Jalen Rose going into their first round match. It was like, they were like a two seed. They were playing a 15 mm-hmm. seed, something like that. And they, they said, so what do you think about Tony slam Duncan? And Jalen Rose said, what? That's his nickname. And then he looked around and he goes, they gave me that nickname. I'd give it back. <laughs> that's so pretty good. Like you give me the nickname Dominating? No, and that's, that's horrible. Whatever
1: if if he does show up in Portland and it's Aiden unleashed and he dominates like a number one overall pick. Okay, we'll we'll (laughs) revisit this at that point. Exactly. We'll revisit this at at that
2: point. Um, I want to say this on Portland, I think their record will be terrible, but it's by design, they're gonna play super Uh young guys. Young teams don't generally win in the NBA, and it's fine, right? That's that's fine. This is exactly where they, they expect to be um as long as they play hard and they play the right way i don't care if they lose games it doesn't that part mm-hmm. doesn't really matter like i'm fine with you know that being the outcome i i personally i am far more interested in watching this blazers team than i am the last probably three iterations of the blazers just because i was like i don't know what else i have to learn with these last mm-hmm. three teams it's fun right. to watch dame every once in a while go bananas you know, in the fourth quarter when it's, you know, midnight here on the East coast and, you know, he's putting up numbers, but beyond that, I don't like, there's nothing really new with this team, this team. Yeah. I'm psyched to watch these guys. I can't wait to watch what they grow into and become like that. That's, you know, and and that's fine to be bad. I think sometimes there's this misconception that having a bad record is a bad thing. It, it isn't, you know, they're just, you know, that's just where, where people are sometimes.
1: You know, it's funny. We tend to think of, when you talk about young players don't win basketball games, and I think you're right, uh, something that's changed in my analysis of basketball over the last few years has been getting a greater understanding of how much of the game, as much as we focus on, oh my gosh, that guy crossed somebody over twice and then threw over threw down this hammer dunk, and that's a big momentum play in this game, or this guy is red hot from three, and, and how much that matters. All that stuff does matter a ton but how much winning and losing comes down to minimizing mistakes. Uh And that's where young teams really get into trouble. Like you think about, about football and we, we always, you know, we praise the teams that go for it on fourth and three or whatever. And they're at the 50 and they go, but, but sometimes the team that wins is the team that's got a great punter and can back the other team up to the five and then let their defense take care of it. And they don't turn the ball over. Um, That's, Kind of, we see that take place in the NBA too. And we can have a misunderstanding of how impactful turnovers are, how impactful bad shot selection can be. And those are all the hallmarks of a young team. We tend to focus on the aggressive, the offensive side. Uh, do you have a guy that's going to go nuts for 35 points a night? Then you should win a lot of games. A lot of it really does come down to how much can you minimize the mistakes that you made and the opportunities that you give your opponent.
2: If I was Portland and I had, let's say I lost, I don't know, 55 or more games this year, but a bunch of those losses were five to eight point losses. I'm probably okay with that. Cause that means I was in a whole bunch of those games and I was, you know, that's just part of it, right? They learning how to win at the end of games. And, and I would rather, so perfect example, let's say we're in a close game, in, you know, a month from now, right? It's, it's the beginning part of November. And do I want to put the ball in Scoot Henderson's hands, down one with 30 seconds to play, or do and put it in his hands and see what he does with the possession? Or do I want to put it in Malcolm Brogdon's hands and trust he'll probably make a better decision and maybe we come out with the win? All right, maybe in November I go with the Brogdon approach. But by the time we're in December, January, I'm going with Scoot Henderson every single time minus if like, I'm trying to break like a seven or eight game losing streak to sure. keep everybody from getting discouraged. I might go with the vet, but I want my kid, you know, like I want to put him in the spot. Let's figure it out because when the Blazers are really good again, Malcolm Brogdon's not going to be a part of it. Just isn't, you know, just age wise, mm-hmm. he's not going to be there. We don't even know if he'll be there a week from now. Um, never mind. you know, when they're good again, but Scoot Henderson presumably will be, or better be. Otherwise, you're starting all over again. Uh-huh. So if he's a big part of it, yeah, I want to get in those reps right now. And if I lose, I lose. But that's fine. Let him figure it out. All
1: right. One other story that uh, we need to get into here is the Clippers have started contract extension negotiations with uh-huh. Paul George. So, Keith, what, is that, what does that look like? What can, they, what can they do with this Paul George extension? What should they do? And then where does that leave things with Kawhi Leonard?
2: Yeah, they're both – pretty much in the same boat. They have slightly different timelines on, on things because Paul George was a, was traded on this. Uh, well, well they, they both signed on this contract, but it's just a little, little bit different, but the reality is both guys can, can extend at, you know, well before it doesn't matter. They both have player options for next year at about 48.8 million. But what's going to happen with the Clippers is, In a, in an ideal world, if those guys are playing well and healthy in there, you want to extend versus take it into free agency, just because it gets a little messy. If you go into free agency, the one place where I could see that being different is those guys would both be in position. um, I believe I'd have to just double check to make sure, but I believe they'd be in position to potentially um, line up no trade clauses because they would have the eight years of service, they'd have the four years uh, with the current team. Um, so they could do that if they went new contracts. But given their age and health, I think they would both prefer to lock in long-term money too. So it's going to be just a question of when does it get done, how much does it get done for for each guy. But my guess is we will see um, extensions done for both of those guys because the Clippers, just they don't seem ready to walk away um, from those guys. It'll probably be – max money i don't know that it'll be max years i, I think it'll be max money and that's yeah. where
1: that will go yeah i wonder what they can do to because obviously they're going to want max years but sure. that'll be an interesting piece to the negotiation if they look able to it i don't know
2: opponent. how old they are too so they have to look and see like are we running an over 38 rule with either one of them uh what's Kawhi just turned 32 so he's good and paul PG, 33 33 so yeah so paul george they they Think is still good because he wouldn't be over 38, he'd be 38, so yeah, so we're, we're good. But
1: do you feel like players are, are prolonging their careers at this point? Like, guys, not like 30 isn't the cliff that it used to be,
2: yeah, no, nowhere near it. I, I think it's now like 34, maybe, yeah, maybe it's 33. Or so, but yeah, I think it's you know, no, no, it's probably going to be a while before anybody pulls a LeBron and is in year twenty one and still at an All Star level. Sure, Um, that's probably not going to be a regular thing. But I think I, I I think of next CBA over thirty eight is going to turn into over forty, um, and I think you know teams aren't in as big a rush to to push these guys out of the league anymore. I mean, when I first started watching this and was really intently watching. If you were a small-ish guard, so like six four and under, and mm-hmm. you were turning 30, you were done. Like, that was it. Your career was over um, with with you know, very notable exceptions for like the super-duper stars of the game. Um, it was very few people. I mean, I remember back in 2008, it was like, uh, Ray Allen's getting old. Like, is he even going to have oh, anything yeah. left, right? And then Ray Allen went on to play like another five pretty good years in the league so yeah it's definitely different than it was uh that that 30 year old barrier that's just not even a thing anymore like it used to be
1: yeah yeah I agree I agree 100% it's it's not as you're seeing guys that are playing longer obviously LeBron being the huge outlier in one direction that we're that we're seeing but we're also just seeing guys in general that's it but then there's a few guys who don't like you think about Kemba Walker and, and players like that but but we are seeing guys in general that are able to sustain their careers, prolong their careers. I mean, think, how how old was Larry Bird when his back pretty much said, you're done? Well, he when was he
2: like, first started, he was in like his late 20s. But right? when he was like, like the, done, yeah, he was in his early 30s.
1: He was like 33 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
2: – Yeah, he only and, had you know, 12 years. Right. It, yeah. He did not – he came in older too because guys didn't yeah. come in – you know after a year of college and stuff So he was on the older side he, he was already older when he went to college So um, he came in as an older player But yeah just yeah definitely A little bit of a different thing yeah. there But yeah I mean only a 12 year career You know and it's it's funny Like I know like for everybody like my dad's Age in a little bit me like Like I grew up on Larry Bird mm-hmm. But like it's like you know Why why didn't you pay somebody To tar your mother's driveway Like why were you doing it yourself Like, why were you still cutting grass yourself? Like, all all the things that contributed to his back being a mess. Like, yeah, we should add at least another two, three years of him. I think we probably could have. And I also think with today's, like, different training methods and all that stuff we would have like if he was dropped into today's nba and let's not be stupid he'd be amazing in today's Mm -hmm. nba like people act like you know he'd be awful and terrible and all that nonsense that idiots say on the uh internet in the summertime he'd be great great players would be great in any era um yeah he his career just would last longer because they'd know how to handle it better
1: well and we forget that you know when we're making that we we do these time travel You know, what if scenarios, you have to factor in, what if Larry Bird, say, grew up in today's era? Not not just you go back to, you hit 88 miles per hour, you go throw him in the car and you bring him (laughs) today and push him onto a basketball court. It's what if he grew up with today's training techniques? What if he grew up with today's style of play? Because you're watching a game in the 80s and it almost looks like a different sport. Yeah. So you do all of that. And that's that's where you can really start to compare apples to apples.
2: I always say, like, if you took LeBron James even LeBron James right now today mm-hmm. and you dropped him in a game in the 50s or 60s, it'd be like what what is happening like yeah. they wouldn't even know how to deal with it because he'd be arguably the biggest player on the floor outside of like Wilt Chamberlain <laughs> You <know? laughs> like, he it'd be like they wouldn't even know what to how to handle the fact that like here's this guy like my thing that, that I try to like get people to understand is he is the same size as Karl Malone. Mm-hmm. But like it just like, but has all the skill set of, you know, like a small guard, like yeah. speed, quickness, power, handle, all that stuff. So, yeah, but if LeBron James... Grew up in the fifties or sixties, he wouldn't play like that because that's not how they played. That's not how they taught the game. So that's not how they dribbled know, like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'd be like, "What? No, you, you go stand close to the basket. And we'll throw it to you, and you, yeah. you shoot goofy-looking one-footed hook shots, right? Because that's that's what you did with guys who were six foot eight, six foot nine. Yep. Right. So that's just you know that that's that's the thing. But I still believe talented players, great players, they would shine in, in any era that they 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 were in, and they'd be you know absolutely amazing. So. And then sure. I think that's the single biggest thing though, is, I mean, there's all these stories like, like bird, they didn't really fly on team planes and mm-hmm. like, they would talk about how like they'd be flying on a commercial flight. They'd have like all first class. And then like, he would lay down in the aisle because his back was so bad. Now, no. like guys have, you know, they're they're Every player has a plane seat that can fully lay down and turn into a bed, you know, just cause that's, you know, how they fly, whether it's, you know, a charter or they own their own team plane. That's just how this stuff works. I mean, all those things. I want to go back to one thing Kellen Johnson mm-hmm. said in the chat. Uh, assuming the Blazers do have a rough season as far as wins and losses, is Chauncey Billups' job at all in jeopardy? I think it's how they play versus yes. the wins and the losses. Yep. I think Process if they are an absolute result. embarrassment and they're getting drilled by 20 and like the the young guys are just throwing the ball all over the gym and they're not playing defense and they're like stupid, then I think there's a chance that he could get fired as long as they're playing the right way. And they're, they're making actual improvements. I think he's mm-hmm. fine. I think he'll, 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 he'll continue to move forward uh, with this group and, you know, get, get a real chance to kind of uh, grow this team together.
1: It's not going to be about wins and losses. It's going to yeah. be about growth. And are yep. they seeing that growth? That's going to be, that that will be exactly. the determining factor for
2: yeah. him. Uh, last thing I wanted to throw out there, Reggie Bullock. Oh, yes. Is, deal was actually for the veteran minimum um with the houston rockets i reported that uh last night so a little surprising um there mm-hmm. was a lot of thought out there they had the full room exception left 7.7 7 million there was a thought bullock was going to get a chunk of that and he went for the minimum so i think we're in a spot where i don't know now right like like where yeah. like why well, wasn't Milwaukee or Boston or any number of contending teams, the spot where he he landed, and there could be a whole bunch of reasons. Maybe he wanted to stay in Texas after being there with the Mavs last year. Maybe sure. he was just like the role that they pitched him on. Maybe Ime Udoka and uh, Rafael Stone are that good of recruiters um to get him. You know, maybe that's all the stuff it took there. But yeah, minimum deal for Reggie Bullock. That's at least somewhat surprising
1: yeah i mean it could be as simple as i don't know kids started school in texas and he wants to stay you know it, it could be yeah. anything like that but yeah but still surprising that that was indeed a minimum
2: yeah right. just with wing rotation always a need for contending teams and, and that doesn't mean he finishes the year there right anybody can acquire a minimum contract so you know maybe he gets traded at some point in season or something like that
1: so we'll see absolutely absolutely All right, everybody. Well, we're going to wrap things up there. Obviously, we've got a lot of basketball coming up this weekend, a lot of preseason games to come. So we're going to have a lot to watch. It's going to be really exciting. And we'll be back on Monday to break everything down. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show YouTube channel. Go follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.